Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. Go Wild has recently partnered with Mountain Tough for a free 30-day workout program designed to get you in shape for turkey season called the Go Wild Challenge. Download Go Wild to sign up and let everyone know in a Go Wild post that you're joining us. Then, each time you do a workout, tag Go Wild and Mountain Tough to hold yourself accountable. Also, Go Wild will be attending the Great American Outdoor Show February 4th through the 12th. If you're in the area, stop by booth 412, meet the guys, and learn all about Go Wild. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today is Robert Gillingham. Now, Robert is a Las Vegas native, but now he lives in Boise, Idaho. He is super passionate about fly fishing and Western big game hunting, and he currently teaches at a local high school and he teaches zoology which i think is incredible that they offer that in high school so i'm really excited to pick his brain hear what all he's got going on in the outdoors on top of that he's an outdoor entrepreneur with a couple different businesses that you've got to hear about so let's jump into this episode with robert you're listening to the western rookie a hunting podcast full of tips tricks and strategies from seasoned western hunters there are plenty of opportunities out there We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I've got Robert Gillingham. Now, uh, he reached out, man, it's probably been a couple months now. And you started talking about this awesome cost calculator for trying to figure out exactly how much hunts or trips are going to cost out of state for non-residents, for residents. And uh, and then we just kind of carried on the conversation from there. But Robert, thanks for hopping on with me. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. I'm uh, just excited to to help spread the word of, of what we've made and, uh, you know, hopefully to enlighten the, the hunting community a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've got, you've got much more going on than just that. I mean, you're big into fishing and hunting and your wife's a big yeah. fly fisher as well. Um, but then on top of all that, you also created this amazing product that helps people basically not lose or recover once lost, um, items. And so I'm excited to jump off into all of that with you jump into kind of what got you into the outdoors and why you're so passionate about it um but before we do all of that why don't you start by sharing more about yourself with a listener kind of what what you're into and and how you got into it sure man yeah thanks i uh so i was um i live in boise idaho now but i was born and raised in las vegas and uh, kind of like the inner cities of las vegas and um, you know, what kind of kept me out of trouble was this promise of going hunting or going fishing, you know, once or twice a year. And, and like, that was always the thing that was, you know, what kept my grades good and what, what kept me, you know, not joining gangs and stuff and, and being a, a bad kid was just, I was like, I'm going to go deer hunting for six days. So I got to be good for the rest of the year, you know, in <laughs> fact, awesome. uh, one, one time when I was uh, 14, I think I got like a D in, in one of my classes and, and my dad, you know, he, he stuck to his word and 
I did not go hunting that year and man, I was devastated. And, uh, it just, that's never happened again since then, you know, I just, yeah, <laughs> it's just such an important part of, of who I am. And so, uh, you know, I always thought that I was a big hunter and fisher and then, you know, cause growing up in Las Vegas, nobody does that. So if you do it a couple times a year, then, then you're a big time, you know, you're like, <laughs> you love it, you know? And then I moved, uh, to college. I went to, to university of Nevada, Reno, and I realized, man, like these people have been doing this this entire life. Like, like they take days off of school, like they go out, like opening deer season is a big deal. Right. And so, uh, I realized pretty quickly that I thought I liked hunting, um, <laughs> and I like it, but they, everybody takes to a whole nother level. And then I started getting older and looking like the Midwest and stuff. And, and like, it's like a religion, you know? So it's like, yeah, I've realized that there's like steps to this thing. Um, but I went to college, I got a degree in wildlife ecology and conservation biology. I was going to be uh, a wildlife biologist or something like that. And then um, I wanted to be a, a fishing game warden. So um, I moved to Idaho and I was in fisheries for a couple of years, dabbling in that. And then I became an Idaho fishing game warden for about two years. Um, and then I realized that, that that wasn't really a good fit for me. So I left being a game warden and uh, became a high school science teacher. And now I teach uh, zoology, which is, you know, the study of animals to, to high school kids. Dang. That's a, yeah. what a, what a wild journey. I yeah. Mean, you know, a little bit of everything cool. sprinkled in there. Yeah. I, it's, what's hard is like, as I tell my high school students, like one thing I want you to do is to just keep an open mind. Like, just like, you don't even know what's out there right now in your life. Like, do something that you like and just keep an open mind of what else might be out there. Like I had no idea. My mom still laughs when I say that I'm a high school science teacher, right? Like she's like, <laughs> she's like, there's no way it's so funny, but uh, yeah, just like, there's so many, there's so much out there. Just, you know, be, be open to, to learning something new, you know, cause I was kind of like heels in the ground. Like, this is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm going to be. This is what's going to happen. And then, uh, and then I changed everything up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like that's kind of the story of a lot of people when they get to college, you know, they've got their idea of what they want to do, they get into college, they realize that, you know, this career that they've seen from a distance for so long, all that goes into actually becoming, um, you know, a member of that field of study or whatever takes, it, it might be totally different than what you see from the outside. And so that's, I, I feel like you see a lot of people shifting majors all the time, shifting careers all the time. For me, I think for me and my wife, we, we just desire change so much that it'd be difficult. We, we talked the other day, uh, cause we do now a, a separate podcast, just a husband and wife podcast, and it's more following our lives and stuff. But, um, we were talking how basically every two years we have a huge change in our lives and it's, it's pretty wild. You know, I, I look at my dad and how he he drove truck over the road for, gosh, I don't know, 45 years. Same, maybe not the same company, but the same job for that long. And and he loved it. You know, he found he found something that he enjoyed that he was good at. And for me, I just can't imagine being locked into something for that long. <laughs> yeah. I, I desire change. I don't know what it is. I just feel like something always has to change or I have to look forward to the unknown in life for whatever reason. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Looking forward to the unknown. That's, a, that's a nice sentence. Uh, I, I, I see a lot of parallels between what you guys and, and, and us, me and my wife, we, 
we bought a house and we were like, okay, we have state jobs and we're going to just do this for 40 years or whatever. And then, and then we were like, well, let's, let's do something else. So we sold our house and we traveled the country fly fishing and we went all over the place and um, came back. And then, you know, we moved to a different house and then we did different jobs and we started different, right? So it's yeah. <laughs> like, just like you guys, like, it's like, what's next? What else is, what's different? Let's test the waters and see what else is kind of, kind of going on. But um, as a teacher, it's like, I taught this subject for a couple of years and I moved on to this subject for a couple of years and I teach this subject for a couple of years. So um, I'm yeah, just blown away that the, the school that you're at has zoology in high school. I wish my school had that. I, that was my favorite thing ever when we started learning about different animals and stuff. And I wanted yeah. to be an ornithologist coming out of yeah. high school. And then, like I said, I realized it's like 12 years of apprenticeship before you can actually be <laughs> yeah. like handle a bird of prey or own one. And I was like, yeah, I'm out on that. I can't yeah. commit to anything for that long. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it, it's a sweet program. So I'm, I'm in the Boise school district, but I'm in a, a program called D tech It's the dentist technical career education center. And so we have like HVAC and construction and plumbing and, and woodworking and welding and, uh, and CNA and, and dentistry. And then I, I got lucky and I got the, the zoology position because of my background. Um, but yeah, it, it's for students who are interested in becoming ornithologists or marine biologists or veterinarians or game wardens or whatever. And so we have a really good, good group of students, but yeah, that didn't exist when I was in high school either. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. Uh, I love that, man. So, so you grew up, with the desire to go out and hunt, what were you hunting for each year for that, for that, uh, one week that you would, <laughs> that you would make sure your grades were solid for? Yeah. So, you know, Nevada has always kind of been, it, it's always a draw state, right. And so, um, putting in applications and, and picking what units you want to hunt and stuff. And sometimes you draw and sometimes you don't. Um, but we, we always hunted deer, just your regular mule deer. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we typically go, um, probably go dove hunting once a year, at least we go look for quail once a year. Uh, and that was, that was pretty much it. Um, every year, every other year we'd go deer hunting if we drew, you know? Um, and, and now it's like, I, I look back and I realize how, how we just kind of laissez faire it was. We just kind of here and there did it. And now it's like, it's such a part of who I am and, and what I do that it's, it's, you're looking at all the other states and all these different units. And, uh, and that's why I created this hunt applicator because it's like, it can get really complicated really fast and nobody has enough time and money to hunt everywhere they want to. Right. <laughs> can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Check. Can you hear me? I got you. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you. I got you. I hear you. Oh, there we go. It, it, Cut out of my headphones there for a second, went to my computer and now it's back in my headphones. So I think we're, I think we're good again. I don't know. Why. Are they Bluetooth? No, no, they're plug-in, oh. but I must've, I must've pulled some, I mean, I play with the cord all the time, but I must've pulled it out by accident. Um, sorry. What was that last part that you said? I, uh, I so you were talking about the hunt, um, applicator. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, when I was a kid, we just did like once, once a year, every something like that. But then now it's, it's just, it's more important to who I am and, and what I want to do and who I want to be. And so when I, when I started looking at all these different States and all these different units and these trophy units and, 
trophy species, I'm starting to think like, well, how much is all this going to cost? And so I, I put together this hunt cost applicator because I was like, well, you know, I want to do it more and everybody probably wants to hunt and fish more, but how much is it going to cost us? This kind of yeah. brass tax of everything. Right. No, that's awesome. I mean, it, as a non-resident, you know, growing up, all I did was hunt Wisconsin. That was it. I didn't travel anywhere. I didn't do anything. What's that? You're native to Wisconsin. Yep. Native to Wisconsin, born and raised there. And it wasn't until honestly, until I moved out to Colorado, because I can't, I moved down to Missouri for school. I would go back and hunt Wisconsin, um, while I was in school. And then I moved out to Colorado after getting married. And once I was out there, it just opened my eyes to how many opportunities and how you can actually do a lot of these different hunts uh, at a decent cost, but right. you know, you're not going to hunt 15 different States and still be able to save up for a new car. You know, like you have to, you kind of right. have to pick and choose what you want to do or, or what's priority as far as finances go. Um, but I have people all the time ask me about that. They're like, dude, how much is it going to cost if I want to go and hunt this place, that place? And I'm like, each state's different. The preference points in each state are different. You know, like right. Colorado bumped their price up. It used to be like $7 a preference point for everything. And now it's $100 to apply just for moose, uh, mountain goat, and bighorn. And so wow. yeah. like to, to have a tool like this for people who do want to travel and they do want to expand their hunting horizons, uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, well... You know, it, it kind of started because like I grew, like I said, I grew up in Nevada and Nevada is a draw state and I was a resident. So I had better draw odds, but it was still like every other year we were hunting when I moved to Idaho. And as a resident, a lot of things are over the counter for me. And um, but Idaho, like you draw, but you don't you don't build points. So every year it's just kind of, a, you know, everybody gets an equal shot every time. Yep. Everybody's starting at zero. But then you, you look at, I, uh, you know, um, you look at, uh, you know, Wyoming, Utah, Nevada, where, where people are building points and, and have been building points for maybe 15 or 20 years, you know, and it's like, well, shit, I should, oh, I'm sorry. Can I cuss in this? Oh yeah. Yeah. You're good. Okay. <laughs> like, man, I, sh- I should have been putting in for this when I was in high school, you know, like I, I didn't even know. And now I'm so far behind. Uh, but, but I still want to hunt. And so I'm still young enough that in 15 years, I want to hunt. So I need to start putting in now in the hopes that I'll be hunting in, in a few years. Right. And so, yeah, I, I, I kind of put this together because I was like, man, I, I want, I want to hunt elk in, in uh, New Mexico. I want to hunt deer in Arizona. I, yeah, I want to hunt bighorn sheep. You know, it's like, how long do I have to put in for these species in these different States before I'm going to draw them? And how much money am I going to have to, you know, sack away every year <laughs> to put in for these things. Right. Like, yeah. And so, you know, you, you, there's a lot of these, like, you know, uh, draw odds calculators and, and what units to put in for and what States and stuff. But like, even before that step back, even before that, like, do I have to buy a hunting license to even apply? Is it refundable or not? Yep. Are the preference points or are they bonus points? Cause those are kind of different. Right. Am I just draw? am I just building points or, you know what I mean? So it's like, there's all these costs that you kind of got to step back and be like, if I want to archery hunt, like, do I got to buy an archery permit? Uh, like what are the non-resident costs? And so, you know, you look back and you're like, I want to hunt five States. Well, just applying in five States is going to cost you like 1200 bucks, right? Yeah. Just applying, like not even drawing a tag, right. As a non-resident. Um, so you really got to be like, 
like what do you really want to hunt you yeah. want to hunt moose you want to hunt sheep you want to hunt elk like like what do you really want to hunt and then and then start to look at the states and then start to look at the the odds and and, and points and stuff like that uh, that's kind of where i started with this was like <laughs> you know i'm i'm 35 and i've, I've got a little, little son he's, he's three years old and i'm like man should i start like buying points for him like can i start buying points for him yeah. like, <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, man, I want to get, I want to get points for my kids as soon as possible so that, you know, by the time they're my age, they've got 28 points, you know, right. uh, I, I wish I had 28 points. I wish I had 28 points spread across five different States, much less, you know, for each, each place. And right. it, it really does kind of get overwhelming. And once you start thinking about it, or like you, you hear about people going down to Texas and paying $15,000 for a hunt and you're like, who's got the money for that? And then you realize how much it is just to apply for some places. And you're like, right, Oh, right, you yeah. know, I could, I could just save my money and go do one of those hunts every five years. Um, yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. But like Colorado, I was fortunate that by the time I moved out there, they did away with the, the pre-sale tags. So it used to be in order to apply for a tag, you actually had to have the money in your account for that tag when you applied, they'd take the money out and they would hold it until oh, wow. you drew or didn't draw. And so you might go several months and you just shelled out, you know, $900 for tags. As a and resident and non-resident, both of them? Th that was resident and non-resident. Wow. And so just to, just to try to get the tag, you had to put all that money away or you had to basically give up all that money. And then months later, when the results came out, you would get it all back if you didn't draw. Mm -hmm. By the time I got there, they went to just like a preference point fee. And mm -hmm. so I didn't have to, you know, give up hundreds of dollars. At that point, I wouldn't have been able to. Um, right, right. You know, we were we were struggling out there. And and so all of that said, like it's amazing that you've you've really looked at it and gone in depth with the refundable, non-refundable stuff. You've got tons of different states. You can put it all then in the spreadsheet, you know, each state can be broken out into, into a ton of different species or units or draws first, second, third choice. And then you've got it all kind of consolidated on that front page to where, I mean, it, it seems about as easy to use as possible. And you can really get an idea of, Hey, yeah, I'm going to put in for this state or no, definitely not. Yeah. And so that's, that's one of the things I, I kind of wanted to touch on is like, is uh, this tool still requires you as the user to do some work. Like you have to look up if the license is refundable or not. And like, yep. you still need to look up uh, the draw odds. If it's even worth it. Like, like I am not going to be putting them for elk in California. Like that is just like, I, I I'm going to win the lottery before I draw that. Right. And so yeah. I'm not wasting my time doing that. So it's kind of like, um, and every year things change. Like you were saying, Colorado, the cha things change and Wyoming, they went, they went to the, the 90%. Right. And so, you know, every year things change. So this just gives you a tool that, that is a living document that you can track how much it's going to cost you. And you can make a separate one for your kids, how, how much you're gonna, willing to pay to buy tags or buy licenses or like Nevada has a, um, if it, you got to buy the license and then you apply and if you want the points, if you want to keep the points, the license is non-refundable. Yep. Well, then I have another section underneath that. Well, it's like, 
well, if you're, if I have to buy a hunting license, what else can I do there? I mean, Nevada has some of the best trucker hunting in the entire United States, probably the best trucker hunting in the United States. Go explore some new country and go trucker hunting for a couple of days, you know, yep. or, or other places like, you know, maybe, maybe you didn't get the, the elk tag you wanted, but could you go hunt whitetail? Like they have over the counter whitetail tags. Right. So uh, just kind of laying it out there so that, you know, people can, can plug these numbers in for the States they want to hunt the species they want to hunt. And it auto calculates that and the home, the home screen, the home tab, if you will, it, it tallies all of the States that you want to hunt and all the species. It brings all that to the home page, and you can be like, okay, let's, let's either go for a little more or let's trim back a little bit. Cause uh, it's going to be a lot <laughs> to apply for the season. You know? Oh yeah. You know, so, I, I, I want to hunt elk in every Western state and I want to hunt deer in every Western state. And I just, it's just not feasible. You know, I will just wait. The There's going to be a lot of Eastern states soon that you can elk. Yeah. Hunt, so, Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. They, it, it's pretty wild. How many different places I was talking to a guy uh, yesterday about this and I feel like in our lifetime, we're going to see elk hunting in probably 40 states. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane how many places they're introducing here in Missouri. They've got, it's just a resident hunting season and they're only giving out like a half a dozen to a dozen tags right now. But as that population grows, as the herd continues, you know, eventually I'm assuming that they're going to want to open it up to non-residents as well. Wisconsin, right. same thing. Arkansas, same thing. Kentucky, Pennsylvania. And I know there's a lot more even farther east of us that have that have seasons. And so, yeah. like, Oklahoma's got a season. Nebraska's got a season. I don't know if Kansas does or not. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty wild. The amount of hunting opportunities that there used to be, a lot of them went away as, as people got irresponsible, I guess, with the resource. And now all of these organizations that are bringing uh, populations back, you know, bear hunting's opening up in some places while, while it's being outlawed in other places, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I'm curious to see, you know, like I said, what states our kids are going to have opportunities in. Sure. And, you know, if, if we step back and expand a little bit, like I'm, I live in Idaho, it's not, it's not known as, as a whitetail state. I would love to go to the Midwest, to, to Iowa, something and go hunt some giant whitetails. Just, you know, it's something different, you know, it's yeah. the same reason why people from Iowa come to Idaho. It's just a different experience. And so, you know, you can make your, your hunt cost calculator to be whatever you want it to be, whatever your desires are. Like do you, are you a Turkey guy and you want to hunt all the various species of Turkey? Like, cool, go for it. Um, I, I just kind of made this like, like, generic but it's kind of smart and like it calculates everything for you it sums everything up and yeah um, but but you can make it whatever you want you want to hunt sitka deer like go for it like just plug that species in there um and and find that cost you know yeah it's it's cool to see you know i i didn't know about 90 percent of the hunts that i know about now or even that i apply for now and the different pages and social platforms, YouTube channels, TV shows that are kind of opening people's eyes to all the different big game species. And right, right. I mean, not even big game species, waterfowl and bird and um, small game, all the different opportunities that we have here in the U S uh, I, I keep getting invites to Africa and I think it would be amazing <laughs> to go to Africa and hunt. But I look at all of the species that I still need to check off my list in the U.S. and North America, and yeah. I'm like, it's going to take me a lifetime 
just to do the hunts that I want to do and hopefully even more open up here. It's yeah, it certainly could. I mean, just, just the amount of ungulates we have in North America is insane. And, you know, sometimes the amount of time it takes to get that ungulate tag takes a long time, but yeah. then you start talking about, you know, upland game and waterfowl. And like just this last weekend, we had a, our annual guys trip and I harvested a, a wood duck, which to me is like, that's like, that's such a trophy duck. Like there aren't that many of them. And yeah. I was like, was so happy to get this wood duck. But, um, you know, if you open up your horizons and, and expand everything, it's like, there's a lot of animals in North America that you can harvest, you know, and, and like you're saying, a lot of species that you can punch that, punch that card one and, uh, and, and hopefully harvest, but it might take you a while. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine it will. I mean, just me and some friends have been talking about trying to do like the waterfowl grand slam and do all the waterfowl right. species. And I'm like, there's people who spend their whole life just doing that. Right. On top of exactly. that, you've yeah. got the different deer species, the different elk, the different moose, the right. different small game, the cats, the bears. I'm it's, it's just insane how many different things. And that's why for me, I feel like branching out and going to a different country would be a lot of fun. But at the same time, there's so many things close to home that are a lot cheaper to go after than, uh, you know, than a kudu yeah. or an eland out in Africa. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. What, what States do you, uh, do you typically apply for and what animals do you apply for? So in the past, I haven't applied for a ton, um, but this year my goal is to, I'll keep putting in for points for Colorado. I haven't really, I don't really burn points in Colorado except for mule deer. I'll, I'll cash mm -hmm. in on those every couple of years just so that I can hunt them while I'm elk hunting. Um, but I'll apply for the bear and the elk here in Missouri. I'll apply for um, elk in Kentucky and Pennsylvania, moose in Maine. Um, and then I'm going to start oh, wow. applying for elk in most of the Rocky mountain range. I mean, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, Utah, Colorado, I've been doing Arizona, New Mexico. I want to, I want to start building points in those other States because you know, why not at this point? No, I, I'd like to go and I'd like to go and hunt those different places. And I see the videos mm -hmm. of people hunting places like hell's Canyon or down yeah. in, down in New Mexico and Arizona, even Nebraska, the bulls that get pulled out of Nebraska are unbelievable. And so I just, I like seeing new scenery. I like hunting new places and I like hunting with new people. And so the more that I can do, the better. A hundred percent. I, um, so, uh, in Nevada, my good buddy, Ian, he just drew uh, a Nevada late season rifle bull tag. Um, he harvested when we were in college. And so because he harvested, he had to wait 10 years before Jeez. he could start again. Right. And that, like, that's how, you know, how important it is. And then he's been building points ever since and he drew another one. So we just went out, um, this last, uh, November and, and went elk hunting. We, I think we saw 17 bulls, like Dang. huge bulls, right? Like, like really good bulls, but it's like, are you willing to put in for 17 years to have that opportunity? <laughs> I mean, it, it's not that you can't and it's not that you can't go hunt other things elsewhere, but if you want to go have an opportunity to hunt 17, you know, big bulls in three days, then you've got to kind of be patient, you know, yep. you gotta, you, you gotta put in, you gotta buy the tag and you gotta buy the license and uh, the bonus points every year. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of where this all kind of stemmed from is it just, I, like you're saying, I, I love exploring. I love hunting new areas. I love hunting, challenging myself to find, 
game in places I'm unfamiliar with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to tell people all the time, like if you have the means to do it and you think there's even a chance down the road that you're going to want to hunt these things, just put in right now, because I find myself doing it a lot, like with, with multiple different things, whether it's with working out or becoming a better shot or, um, you know, getting preference points. I, I get to a point where I look back and I'm like, imagine what my life would be like. Imagine what I would look like. Imagine how much better I'd be at shooting my bow if I had actually started 10 months ago when I said I was going to. Right. And once you get 17 years down the road and you realize you should have been doing it, well, at that point, it could very well be too late for you to actually ever draw in your lifetime. And so it's like yeah. right now, no matter what age you're at, I'd I'd be putting in for points wherever you hope to hunt one day. Um, right, right. And there there are a lot of places for me, I if it if it was between, you know, hunting this year on a lesser tag or, you know, a, a unit that doesn't have as big of bulls or waiting 17 years and potentially shooting something, I I've got to hunt every year. Like I love yeah. to hunt. And so I yeah. can't give that up for the dream of hopefully doing it one day. But right. I can still go to Colorado on an over-the-counter tag. I burn zero points. And on top of that, I'm still building points towards another unit. And so you can Correct, find yeah. those places where if you don't draw, you still have a fallback and an over-the-counter that you can go and hunt without fear of you know going a whole season without getting a chance to travel and hunt a mule deer or a whitetail or an elk or whatever. Yep. A hundred percent. A hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. And I'm the same with fly fishing. Like I'm the type of guy that I'd rather catch 20 trout in a day than one big fish. You yeah. know, like I just, I just love the, the adventure and moving and checking the next bend. And like in Idaho, I'm a resident. It's all, uh, well, it's not all, but a lot of it's over the counter for me. So I might as well be putting in for a big game somewhere else in a yep. different state building points in different states that i'm harvesting here but one day i can i can have a trophy right uh oh yeah and that's that's kind of that's kind of the idea and just places that like are legendary that i want to hunt like like i want to hunt the missouri breaks like there's like 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 i want to go to montana and i want to hunt that someday it's not going to happen if you don't start now and then in a couple of years it might happen right yeah like the odds of you getting that your first time are, are slim and none um and then you you talk about your quote unquote trophy species. Like, if you want to get uh, a sheep slam, you either better be pretty wealthy, or you need to be putting you know paying your ten thousand dollars a year for four or five years to go on your sheep hunt, or you need to be applying in all the states that have sheep. And yep. then it's like, well, how much is that going to cost? Like, because it's per species. <laughs> It's per state, right? Yeah. So you're like suddenly you're just like, oh damn, this is pretty expensive, you know? Yeah, those big three. I mean, mountain goat, moose, and bighorn. Those get expensive. Like that's mm-hmm. not that's not the type of game you want to go after if you want to be hunting a lot of different things. Like that's very time intensive, physically. Uh, the physical output's insane on those hunts, and then right, on top right. of that, the cost of them. I think. I think. Colorado moose for a non-resident that's up to like $2,400 once I draw yeah look up uh look up bison look up a bison oh yeah I did I looked at I looked at like the (laughs) south south Dakota bison tag because yeah I put in for that one year and then as soon as I saw the price tag 
uh, for, for the actual tag. Once I draw, I started, I quit putting in for it because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I know that one day I hope to have the money to be able to afford that, but also right. it, it seems pretty unattainable. Uh, yeah, there, those specialty tags are no joke, man. Yeah. hundred percent. And then you look at like, uh, the land of wonder, you know, you go to Alaska and you're like, look at all those crazy species that you can hunt. And like some of them you can hunt by yourself. Some you need a guide, but my gosh, I'm mean, like, you're saying getting back to this idea of like, I want to hunt all the species that I can. And at some point it just gets to be like, yeah. when am I going to win the lottery? You know? Yeah. <laughs> See, the nice thing about Alaska is the, the tag itself isn't really that bad. If you look at it, right. the price tag on each of these animals in comparison to some of the Western States, it's not terrible the biggest part of it is transportation. And then right. if it's, if it's a guide required trip where you have right. to have someone like a grizzly or something that, yeah, that gets pretty outrageous. But last I knew moose still could be unguided. You could go and do a DIY moose hunt. And my dream hunt is to do a fly in float out moose hunt. Yeah. And on top of that, I would be buying a caribou tag, a black bear tag, mm -hmm. a wolf tag, and so I'd be hunting four species in one trip. And I think I figured all in for the tags. It'd be like 1600 bucks for all four of those in Alaska. Yeah. <clears throat> totally reasonable. Yeah. So that's where I go. Okay. Should I go, should I try to get a bison in South Dakota or do three Alaska <laughs> trips for, you know, four big game species? Right. Right. And, and that's the hard part is like, you could do that, right? You could do that this year, 2023. You could you could buy those. You could start planning it and you can do that. Yep. Or you could apply for these tags that you're probably not going to get in these states. You're probably not going to draw in for these animals. You're probably not going to draw, but you could easily spend $2,000 just applying. Oh, for sure. Right? And so it's like, and that's why, that's why I created this. Like I, I'm a person on the budget. I'm a teacher. I have a teacher's salary. So I'm trying to be like, well, I want to hunt Nevada. Like I'm dying to hunt Nevada. I'm, I've been in that country a lot. I've, I've seen some, I've seen some elk that just will like blow your mind. I want to hunt there someday, but I also want to hunt all these other cool places. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, like it's hard because like, I want, yeah, I want to hunt over the counter. Like I want to go and just hunt. And so like I had that opportunity in Nevada or uh, in Idaho and the trophy being in these other States. But yeah, like I want to go to Alaska too. Like you can go hunt caribou along that, that road, the, um, what's that called? The, uh, that oil road that goes all the way up like oh, 460 yeah. miles or whatever of that oil road. Like I want to do that too. That sounds like a blast, you know? Yep. Um, there's just so much hunting adventure that could be had. And, um, one of the, the first limiting factor I've noticed is, um, is just money always, you know? Oh yeah. It's yeah. Money's desire. a big one. <laughs> If you, if you want the most bang for your buck, if you want to hunt a ton of different species for a low cost, go down to Texas and hunt exotics because there's almost yeah. no, there's almost no regulations on public land. If it's a non-native species, it's basically fair game for most things. And right. I guess they still consider elk as a non-native species. I was talking to some guys uh, about a month ago when I was down there. And they said they actually open up, there's a special hunt that you can do. And I haven't confirmed this, but it's a thermal elk hunt at night. What? And I was like, that'd be the most wild hunt ever. You know, imagine seeing like a bunch wow. of elk, uh, super active at night, bugling during the rut, whatever. Yeah. And 
yeah, I mean, I would imagine before long they're going to take elk off of the non-native species list, but um, there's just so many things. I mean, you can go out on public land. I watched a video the other day, and it was actually in Oklahoma, not Texas, and these guys were out, I want to say they were waterfowl hunting, and a kangaroo comes bouncing through their spread, and they're like, that's a kangaroo. <laughs> like there's a kangaroo right there. And I hear people talk about that. You'll be hunting public land down in Texas and a zebra runs past or a kangaroo or a nil guy or an axis deer or a fallow buck, or, you know, there's so many different things in yeah, Texas yeah. that you can go down there and hunt on a general hunting license. And because they're non-native, there's no requirements for them. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. I, you know, I hadn't really thought about that, but I had some buddies who went out and they got a helicopter and, and they just shot a bunch of pigs. And it was like, it was like a, a Rambo movie when it, when I saw the GoPro <laughs> footage and stuff, it looked so cool. Uh, it looked like a lot of fun uh, taking care of that invasive species. But I, I, I guess I didn't really connect the idea of like a fallow deer that got off the property is now something that Texas doesn't want on their property. And doesn't, yeah. you, know, you know, we got to take care of. And so that'd be the craziest thing in the entire world and a kangaroo comes running by you it's it's so wild man texas is one of those places you're gonna love it or you're gonna hate it but as an outdoorsman i can't help but love it because you know going down there and seeing javelina and pig and turkey and deer and and then to hear about these different things, like you'll be driving down the road and you'll just see some random exotic animal dead on the side of the road that got hit yeah. by a car. And you're like, what in the world? Like yeah. you can, you can be sitting out there hunting and see almost anything because there are certain parts of Texas, maybe it's all of Texas, but they've got exotic animal auctions. And so mm-hmm. you can go and you can buy these different big game species or small game species and then release them on your own property and then hunt them, you know, three years later or the same year. And so you got to think, I, I'd be curious to know how many exotic animal species are in Texas. And then you got to think all, all that has to happen is a tree takes out part of the fence or a tornado comes through. And all of a sudden you've got wild animals from Africa running all over the place. Yeah. And without, you know, that, that's how a species will spread is, it gets introduced and, and the natural predators don't know what it is or don't know how to handle it. And, uh, and, and then they, they start to spread. You know, ungulates are different. We have a different kind of life cycle, but like you look at Florida and it's like, my God, you, you oh, let two yeah. iguanas go and then the whole state blows up with iguanas or pythons and stuff. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just a, that's crazy. Um, Texas is a whole different beast though. You, there's so much that you can do in Texas and, and, and leasing land and stuff. Um, that that's whole, just, that, that's the so whole southern border. I feel like I feel like rednecks and you know outdoorsmen in the south in the south are just different. I watch those guys do- dive off of um, fan boats and or airboats or whatever you call them for pythons, and they'll jump down and they'll grab like a ten foot python, and they're like <laughs> it's wrapping itself around them. And they're like, yeah, I got it. I same got thing him. with <laughs> iguanas. Same thing with I mean yeah. bullfrogs. They're jumping in crocodile infested water to catch bullfrogs. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are crazy, man. Those Louisiana boys, the <laughs> Texas boys, Florida, dude. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not that adventurous. I like, I like doing some crazy stuff, but man, you tell me there's a gator in the water or a giant Python. I'm probably not diving in that water. 
not without a couple of cocktails, right? Yeah. Yeah. A little <laughs> bit of liquid courage always helps. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. So yeah, what, I, a, what do you have on the agenda or what states are you currently putting in for? Yeah. So I, I'm in Idaho. So, um, well, my, my wife's pregnant. So this next 2023 is kind of a wash for me, but I hunt Idaho, uh, over the counter elk, over the counter mule deer, uh, sometimes turkey, sometimes bear. And I kind of always waterfowl, always chucker, always quit all the, always the upland stuff. So, so, nice. you know, right there, that, that could be a whole season for, for most people. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I put in for deer and elk in Nevada. Um, that, that's where I'm from. That's where I'm kind of used to. Um, I drew deer last year. Uh, so all my points are gone. So I got to start over, um, and elk, I've got some points built up. Um, I I've avoided Utah just because I've heard that like I'm, I'm, I'm already so far behind that it's hard for me to justify putting in when I can put in for, you know, Wyoming or Montana and, or, you know, States like uh, New Mexico, where it's just draw. It's not a point system where you can yep. every. And so I feel like it's not worth it to me to put in for States that have points and I'm, I'm already so far behind, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the go hunt guys might, might disagree and say you can put in for States and, and draw States species in different States all over the place. But um, if I already had the opportunity to hunt and harvest here in Idaho, I'm looking to put in for a species or an opportunity that I don't have here um, hunting a different type of um, terrain or, or trophy class bulls or trophy class deer that, I just wouldn't maybe have the opportunity to hunt here in Idaho as over counter. So um, like the, like the Missouri breaks, like, I don't know why that's just like such a dream hunt for me. Yeah, I just want to go out there so bad. Uh, So I put in for that type of stuff. Um, And then you bring up a good point of like, it it might, I don't know if anybody's done it. I mean, sure. Somebody has done it, but like harvested an elk in all the States where there is elk, right? Like, like what a cool goal that would be. Oh man. You know, I mean, uh, and every year, like you're saying, there's going to be more. Um, so yeah, I, right now I just put in for Idaho, Montana and Nevada, um, consistently, um, and the other states I, I want to hunt, I just, I haven't been able to afford it or haven't really even thought about it or given it much attention to. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think that would be pretty wild to, to shoot an elk. And I'm curious how many states do offer elk hunting currently as, right as an offer to non non-residents also, you know, cause I, I would imagine there's probably a handful that are only resident hunt States right now that eventually will go to open to the general public. But, um, there's gotta be people who do it, you know, that go out and, mm-hmm. and, and kill an elk in every state. But then, yeah, you get into certain places like California, uh, that place would be wild. Imagine yeah. sitting in the redwoods, in hunting elk we we got to experience that was my favorite place on our trip this year was the redwoods it blew my mind just the scale of it i felt like i was in a different on a different planet and then we were actually driving through and there were two roosevelt elk two bulls walking across the road in the middle of the night in the redwoods and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Wow. It was feel like you're in Narnia or something. That's crazy. I really did. I, it, it was, it blew my mind and they're just weird animals, man. I had never mm. seen like typically when I'm watching elk hunting, it's 
Rocky Mountain elk, you know. Right. Those Roosevelts have just a wild antler structure. Everything seems like real sharp and jagged and tight corners and yeah. angles. And I would definitely like to get up there or to Oregon, Washington, somewhere up in the Northwest and, and chase after an elk at some point. Yeah. And, and I do too. And that would be amazing. And then you got to step back and be like, well, how much would it cost me to apply? <laughs> how much yep. would it cost me to even get there? Right. And so that's, that's why I built this tool. Cause like, I think we all have these dreams and desires to go do these things. And, and then you, you're like, well, how much is it going to cost me? And then it's like the odds of you drawing an elk tag in California, like, don't quote me on this, but there's like, it's in like the hundreds, like there's only like hundreds of tags available. Jeez. Not, not thousands, tens of thousands, like a small number of, of elk tags for non-residents. And so you're like, um, like I, I'm just not going to waste my time really, you know, <laughs> even though, even though for me, that's, that's probably a, a 10, 12 hour drive. I could do that. I'm just not going to waste my, waste my time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, that's, that's a struggle. Cause like, I find myself one going, it's not going to happen. Why waste my time? But then I also go, well, it's guaranteed that it's not going to happen if I, if I don't waste my time. And I, here in, yeah. here in Missouri, you know, six tags, six tags total. Yeah. That's nothing. But yeah. I go, what if I'm that one or in Colorado, <laughs> yeah. in Colorado for the moose, you know, yeah, with four points, you can technically draw a moose tag in Colorado. Yeah. Do I think it's going to happen for me? No. But every, it seems like every couple of years you see that one guy or that one yeah. kid who only has four points and they yep. draw. And yep. I'm like, I, I just got to take the chance, you know? And then I, the yeah. anticipation that's, that's like Christmas Eve, man, when it's like draw day and you're just like, okay, waiting for the message, waiting yeah. for the email, waiting to have that ding on your bank account. And it's like, oh, Wait, what? $2,400 just, that would be like the, that would be the most depressing, exciting moment of my life when $2,400 gets pulled out of my account. Cause I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, my wife's going to kill me. Also, I'm moose yeah. hunting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, hundred percent. I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. That's definitely, that's definitely, um, you know, my buddies in Nevada, they always have like a, a party on, on the draw dates and they're like, you know, um, let's uh you know let, let's have a party let's let's wait and see and then then they draw and we all call each other and stuff but um you know to to your one point uh yeah it, it is like it's probably the most exciting and depressing topic <laughs> when, when you draw something you're like yes and at the same time you're like well now i have to start planning logistics and hotels and gas and everything yep. and, and with this last season gas was you know five 50 a gallon you're like golly this is uh, this is gonna hurt but uh, yep but no it was good stuff yeah that's that's wild i i got that call from my buddy gosh it'd be it would be four years ago now i think uh that he got his moose license and super pumped for him he's like dude you better take off two weeks of work like we got two weeks to get it done it only took him uh 15 minutes into the oh, first geez. day to get a bull. Wow. Uh, and so we were all kind of like, well, I guess we'll go back to work here in a couple of days. Like we'll hang out and have fun and just party at camp. And then we're going to go back, I guess. Uh, and then two years later, same guy gives me a call and he's like, Hey, we're going mountain goat hunting. And I'm like, you wow. freaking, you're the luckiest dude on the planet. So 
if all goes well and he keeps that trajectory next year, he's going to call me or this year, 2023, <laughs> he's going to call me and say, Hey, bighorn sheep, it's time. And then right. he'll, he'll have rounded out. I think at that point, maybe aside from mountain lion, he will have killed, I would say mountain lion and whitetail. He will have killed every big game species in Colorado. So, oh, wow. yeah. Um, I'm not that lucky. I hardly draw anything, even the, even the units that take one point, like I'll, I'll put in with two points and sometimes not draw them. So, uh, I just need yeah. some of his luck to rub off on me. Yeah. I guess if you just hang out with him enough. Yeah. I, and there, there are certain States where like, like if you're a listener of the podcast, like you really need to know the difference between like draw bonus points, preference points, like all these things, like they really mean something and they mean something really yeah. different in every state. Um, but like in states like Nevada, where like if I apply and I have three points, that means it's my name with three exponent on it. Like I, I get that many more uh, names in the drawing. Yeah. But so, so does the guy who's next to me who has six points. He has that many more times than I do. Um, whereas, you know, preference points, like some of those, the each state is a little different how they select the names. Um but, you know, that's another thing that I want to touch on is, is at the top, I, I put like important dates, like what are some important key dates? Like when do you need to apply by and when are you going to hear back by? Because those are really important. And here's a little nugget of information that maybe people don't know. Um, a lot of times people will draw a tag or multiple tags and that for some reason, for whatever reason, they return that tag. Yep. So then in a lot of states, there's a second draw. And if you're not, if you didn't reapply or if you didn't um, if you didn't uh, like ask to be in that, or if, or if you didn't just over the counter buy that tag, then you missed out um, yeah. in, in a lot of States. If, if there's returned tags, you can potentially buy them over the counter. Like yeah. you can buy, you don't have to burn points for them. Over the counter. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have to burn your points. Like, so a lot of people I think apply and then just forget about it and then move on with their life. Look, no, absolutely not. Just because you didn't draw doesn't mean in a couple of weeks somebody did draw and found out that they have cancer or something, you know, heaven forbid, and they have to return their tag. Well, now you can buy that tag, right? Like that happens a lot. And in, in, in Idaho, I don't know if you've been following that, but there's this whole fiasco of the non-residents just trying to like get these tags and stuff. And you're on hold for like 16 hours before you can even freaking put yep. in the tag you want to but then there's two times where they ask the people to buy the tag and then like are you going to hunt do you want to hunt and then they return tags and then again are you going to hunt do you want to return this tag and they return the tag and so there's two times you can go in there and buy an over-the-counter tag that somebody you know drew but now isn't going to hunt so yeah and you think about little, all the different nugget. reasons all the different reasons that they could they would return a tag you know you buy a tag or you apply in multiple places, you get drawn in multiple places. And now right. you decide, okay, I'd rather hunt Wyoming than Nevada or Idaho or wherever. And so it's right. like, Hey, I don't want this tag anymore. Um, any type of family emergency moving financial situation. So there are a ton of people every year who do return these tags and yeah, you're yep. missing out on a whole second draw or even just an opportunity to not necessarily draw, but just to buy it. Right, Like they come up and it's first come first serve. And I think yeah. there's certain States and certain units that they never run out of tags, right. you know, like 
they'll they'll put them all up and people just don't even buy them and so now there's a unit that might take two or three points that has 15 tags that never got sold for the whole season a hundred percent yeah and i think people overlook that that second and third opportunity to buy tags and like here in idaho we have some some antelope tags that are it's essentially if you put in for it you're going to get the tag yeah but so many times people just get the tag just because they want it and then can't hunt that or like don't want to hunt that or whatever and they return that tag and you just buy them and um last year in nevada uh my buddy he was like he was gonna punch the trigger on an uh the um the bighorn sheep it was like one bighorn sheep tag that got returned and he went to go he like he was like getting his his freaking wallet out as fast as he could (laughs) he went to go buy it and as soon as he clicked enter it was gone like somebody had just bought it from him Jeez. Um, because in some states like Nevada, for certain species, you have a, a like it's once in a lifetime or you got to wait a certain amount of time before you can do it, yep. unless it's one of these, you know, return tags. And then it's just go for it. Right. So I think that's a huge opportunity that people don't think about when in my in my cost calculator, like you need to put those dates in there and yep. you need to put in the, the dates of the second and third draw options where you can go in and buy those things, because that's going to open up a world of possibility for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the nice thing is a lot of these Western states have figured it out where they give you four or five options. And so you can say, Hey, if I don't draw this unit, then I want this unit. If I don't get that one, I want the next one. If I don't get that one, I want the next one. And then at the very end, you can say, okay, I'll take a cow tag in my original unit or just give me a preference point. And so it's like no harm, no foul. If you don't get one of these units that you're really excited about, you don't have to just go and hunt something else for no reason if you just want to save up your time and money and vacation days and hunt you know close to home then you can uh or you can take six chances at at drawing something awesome you know (laughs) right yeah exactly yeah that's that's my thing i'm like man there's so many different things that i want to go after and for me i'm like each each state each season I like being able to hunt multiple species during one season. You know, it just increases your odds of yeah. finding something you can shoot. And so my goal is to get an antelope, mule deer, and elk tag this year uh, in Colorado for the unit that I hunt and the season that I hunt because yeah. I see all three of them. Um, yeah. And then from there, you know, I'm I'm going to be putting in for a lot of different archery opportunities. Utah, I've got a great spot that I want to go hunt Utah. Um, for mule deer, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho. I want to, I want to hunt wolves, man. I want to hunt a yeah. wolf so bad. I don't know what yeah. it is. I, hopefully I don't shoot a Husky like that one lady did, but, uh, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. if, if I can <laughs> hunt a wolf, like it's just, there's something about new opportunities that is so intriguing to me versus hunting the same thing over and over. And don't get me wrong. I yeah. love whitetail hunting. I love elk hunting. I love waterfowl hunting, coyote hunting. But the newness is exciting to me. A hundred percent. I think I think you and I are like kindred spirits in that like familiarity is nice. And like like you get used to that and like you're more successful with familiarity. But God, there's just something so invigorating about what's new, what's yeah. what else is out there, what's over the next ridge, like what's in the next state. Like I just love that stuff. And um, you know, and b- back to your point about the wolf, like that's something that in the hunt costs calculator you can put in there in the state of Idaho. If you're a non-resident and you draw a deer or an elk tag, 
you can cash that tag in on a wolf, a mountain lion, or a black bear. Dang. So, so if if you're not seeing deer, but you see a mountain lion, you can you can plug that mountain lion and put your deer tag on it. Like, and that's something that like, you know, people don't oh necessarily like know, but but that's maybe something that you would make a note of in your cost tool, right? That yeah you're buying a deer tag, but you really actually get three other tags with it. Right. Um, and those, so those are just do little, you have like, to read, like if you shoot a wolf, you lose your deer tag or yes. is it just, Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was yeah. like a concurrent tag where you in addition also get a wolf tag. So no, you have and, to burn your deer tag on the wolf. I dude, I'd burn yes. 12 deer tags on a wolf. I'm just saying where else in the world are you going to hunt a wolf? Yeah. Like how many other places in the entire world can you hunt a wolf? Right. And so, if you're out there in your deer hunting and you see a wolf, you can harvest that wolf. You know, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you got to pay attention. Like, um, like the species has to be open in yep. that time frame. You have, so you can't be like with a deer tag in your pocket during a closed season and see a wolf. Like it has to be, you know, you have to be going after that tag yeah. and the species on the tag, but, but seeing a black bear or seeing a cougar, right. Uh, which which is which is really cool like that thing that's really awesome and then in idaho um like you get a couple of days of fishing as well you buy a hunting license and you get a couple of days of fishing it's like that's well why not like idaho is some of the best trout fishing in in the entire world oh yeah Um, you get you get burned out on going up and down mountains after a mule deer and you just go (laughs) wade in the creek for a while and catch the fish man that's cool so for everybody that's like in listening like ignore idaho idaho sucks go someplace else i'm just telling you these possibilities <laughs> that happen in idaho they're also available in colorado and montana and arizona like these things that maybe you didn't know about if you do a little bit of digging you do a little bit of research you're going to find there's a world of possibility in all of these other states so sure you're applying for these uh trophy tags in the trophy units but why not go hunt a javelina in arizona like why not oh yeah explore a little bit right like um if you have to buy the license, you have to buy the tag and you have to buy, you know, stuff like go have an adventure, go have an experience, you know? Well, and that's one thing I would say for people who are, are going to be traveling, going and getting a tag somewhere else. Doesn't it make sense if you're already going to be in that state, you're spending the money to travel there, you're getting the tag, you may have had to have bought like a small game or a fishing license just to apply right add on another tag or two if you can. Right. Like if you're going out to Colorado, get a concurrent bear tag. It's a hundred extra dollars, but it's only a hundred dollars and you've already spent all the other travel expenses. You already bought the food yeah. for the trip. You paid for the gas. You took the time off of work. You might as well add one more tag right. and, you know, increase your chances of finding a game animal to shoot. Um, right. And yeah, same thing with fishing, small game. Like there's places that you can go and shoot, uh, you can shoot quail, you know, right. while you're, while you're out hunting, bring, right. bring it 22 and just walk the roads for a little while. And you might find something to shoot You'll um, find some grouse or some, some squirrels or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's worth it. You know, I, dude, if you told me I could go and shoot a different squirrel in every state, I'd do that too. You know, it doesn't <laughs> only have to be elk. <laughs> That's funny. I, I, I know you're a hunter because you're like, yeah, I'll go do that. That sounds like yeah. a great time. A hundred percent. Yeah. Wait, I have a weapon and I'm chasing furry <laughs> things. Okay, sure. Exactly. Yeah. That, that are edible. Yeah. Why not? I'll go for that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, before, before we hop off, man, this has been awesome. Uh, before we hop off, one thing that I want to ask, what is your number one bucket list animal? 
if you could hunt anything anywhere with any weapon, what would it be? Man, that is such a hard question. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I love archery elk during September, like the, the bugling that just, just the chasing. That's insane to me. But the idea of like musk ox in Alaska would just be, I mean, that would be something crazy, but then you've got mountain goats, which are in the most beautiful places in the entire world. Yep. And then you've got a moose, which is you know just one of the coolest animals in my opinion. So, uh, man, that is a really, really hard question for me. It, like you're saying, like money is no object. Just go do yep. whatever you're going to do in, oh, yeah. in, in United States. Anywhere, anywhere. In, oh, anywhere. Oh, geez. Oh, that's like, oh man, that's <laughs> even harder now. I, anywhere in the world, money doesn't matter. I'm probably going to go Marco Polo sheep. Nice. In one of, in one of those stand countries that nobody's even heard of, you know? Oh yeah. How about Just you? Just a rocky cliff. Yeah. For me, for me, it's moose, man. I want to shoot a moose with my bow in Alaska. Like that to me is, it used to be red stag. I always wanted to go to New Zealand, shoot a red stag. And then I, I kept digging into it and looking at prices and finding out that a lot of these red stag are, they're essentially high fence animals. You know, you're going and paying for a certain antler size. And I'm like, man, I just want to go out in the middle of nowhere. And there's not a ton of that. Um, available so moose honestly wolf is is pretty high up there grizzly with my bow in alaska is super high up there you know yeah a a bow hunt for a grizzly just like the element of death and danger is pretty (laughs) exciting also yeah i don't know if my wife would agree with that one but uh uh yeah i think i think that'd be cool obviously the sheep and goat species like high country uh that all sounds cool, but for some reason, like the bigger the animal, the more exciting it is to like a moose is just so big, man. Yeah. And it would just be wild to, to draw back and watch your arrow fly at something that huge. I, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. So yeah, I, uh, a moose is definitely on my list. Um, but you know, if money was no object and I could go anywhere, I'm definitely going to hunt some exotic sheep is some place that very few Westerners have ever even seen, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's really cool, but yeah. I mean, if you want to hunt wolf, man, come on over, uh, just buy a whitetail tag and we'll go hunting and we'll go look for wolves too. Oh my gosh. I'm all about that, man. <laughs> I I've watched so many videos from Idaho of guys going out and wolf hunting, snowshoeing in calling in the morning, listening for yeah. the response, you know, putting on the miles and, it, it my problem is i'm gonna have like a black one and just like the perfect colored gray one standing in front of me and i'm gonna freeze like i don't know what to shoot because i want one of each <laughs> yeah I, I hope you have that problem i have spent many 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 hours in idaho woods many hours lots of time and i almost saw a wolf like <laughs> they are not you're like you're you're not going to really see them like oh, uh, yeah. trappers have more success, you know, snares and stuff have a lot of success, but the odds of you going out hunting and, and finding a wolf are, I mean, slim and none. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, as close as zero as you can get, I was elk hunting this year, um, archery elk. We're pulling, the, we're pulling up the spot. We're sleeping at, 
we wake up, we hunt all day. We, we've hunted this area before we've seen elk, nothing, not a single elk, nothing like fresh track, fresh sign ish, uh, nothing. We get back to camp that night, 13 miles, get back to camp. I'm laying down and I hear wolves in the distance. And it's like, okay. Oh my gosh. I'm hiking for 13 miles. I'm glassing everywhere. Like I never saw one, never heard one, never smelled one, never cut track, never did anything. Yet I hear 20 wolves up where I was, I was just at. Oh and it's my like, goodness. like they're in there. I just, I never saw them. Right. Like if 20 elk are bugling, you're going to see an elk. Yeah. Like, like you're just, you're gonna, right. And we just didn't, we just saw no wolves. It's, they're really, 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 really hard to, to hunt. I just, I just think about it, man. It's so exciting to me. Just the potential of seeing one. Like even right. in Yellowstone, man, we were in Yellowstone. We were in Glacier this year. Didn't see one. I was so excited to see one. And there's a hundred people out there with spotting scopes looking for them and they couldn't even find one. Right. And so it makes sense that they're that difficult. Uh, I did talk to, so a guy that I went to Alaska with a couple of years ago, or maybe a year ago, two years, I don't know how long it's been. Um, he found a guide up in the Yukon and you can go and do a, you can run a trap line with him on dog sled and oh. you'll go and you'll kill snowshoe hare, You'll kill ptarmigan. You'll kill squirrel and you'll bait all of these different traps. And then you'll just run the trap line with him for a week. And it's like a guided deal. And he's yeah. like, you could get Wolverine lynx, wolf, fox, coyote, like all these different species. And I'm like, that might be my number one. Like to go and yeah. run a trap line via dog sled is whew, dude, call me Iron Will from now on, man. Like <laughs> it would be so sweet to go and do I, something like that. Yeah, number one, like what an adventure. And, and number two, what a what a dying breed. Like what a what an what an amazing human being to go do something like that. Yeah. That used to just probably be commonplace a hundred years ago, 150 years ago. Like that's what people did to survive. And now nobody does it. And like, just what a cool, like rustic experience that must be to go to something like that. You know, that'd be really cool. My wife always asks me, she's like, what if, what if something happened to me and the kids? Like, yeah. would you, would you remarry? I'm like, no, no, I love being <laughs> married. Don't get me wrong. I'd be, I'd be running trap lines in the middle of Alaska <laughs> and no one would ever see me again. I'm like, that is one, like no, all trace of me ever living on this earth would be gone aside from social yeah. media. I would be in the middle of nowhere doing that. That is, yeah. it just seems so incredible to me to, to live that lifestyle, that subsistence lifestyle and, you know, oh man. Yeah. To, to run a trap line and possibly have a lynx or a bobcat or uh, a wolverine like in yeah. a snare, that seems so bizarre to me and so foreign. I mean, that's as foreign to me as going on an African safari. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, um, hey, before we hop off, where can people find you? Where they, where can they follow along? And actually, let's talk about your other your other business because I don't think we've fully touched on that yet yeah yeah no worries um so the hunting cost tool was something that i created because like i like i said i'm a teacher with limited income but i want to hunt as much as i possibly can so if, if you're interested in this hunting cost tool you can go to our website it's called karmicoutdoors.com 
Um, and then if you go to the blogs, I wrote a whole blog about like, you know, my genesis of thinking of this idea. And then um, you, you just, it's a free download. It's yours. It's, it's a smart Excel. You download it and you keep it forever. Don't worry about it. Just go to our website, karmic, K-A-R-M-I-K outdoors.com. And then uh, you go to our blogs and it'll be in there hunting cost tool applicator um, to help you keep track of it. But my other business is called obviously karmic outdoors. It's, um, it's something that I created uh, kind of out of, out of need. I was, um, I was fly fishing here locally in Boise and um, I found a fly rod and I really want to get it back to the owner. I posted on Craigslist. I posted on Facebook. I posted on the groups. I went to the fly shops. I post, I, I did as much as I possibly could. And I, I never heard back from the guy. And I thought like, this guy wants his fly rod back. Yeah. I want to give it back to him, but there's no good way. There's nothing like I have no identification. I can't get it to him. So I came with this idea of, of creating stickers essentially that you can put on your outdoor gear. So you create an account and then you attach these stickers, individualized unique stickers, stickers to your outdoor gear. And that way it's, it's you attached to all of your outdoor gear and all of your contact information, all of that stuff is safe in a database. So instead of writing your name and phone number in Sharpie, which is the best option right now yeah. on, on your, your Swarovski binos, which nobody wants to do, um, you have a, a decal. It's extremely durable. It has your personal information safe in a database. But if somebody finds that item, all they have to do is scan a QR code. And then they put their information in and it comes to the registered owner immediately. And Karmic Outdoors offers a reward. Uh, nice. So I, I created this whole thing because if you go on, if you go on any outdoor forum, if you go on any chat, if you want anything, there's more people trying to get gear back than people trying to recover gear. There's, there's people, more finders posting about wanting to get gear back. Yeah. And, and that's powerful. I mean, we think that there aren't that many good people on the planet. It's like, no, there are more people trying to do the right thing. We just have to give them the opportunity we just have to make it easy for them. Well, yeah. And I mean, when, when you find something, especially related to a passion that you love, you immediately go to, man, what if this was mine? You know, hundred percent. Like, yes. sure. Would it be nice to pick up an awesome pair of Swarovskis up on the mountain? Yeah. Great. But, but yeah, you think like, man, what if this is mine out here? And I would yeah. want so badly to get that call. And then you think, did I, do I have any information on it? Like, right. is it even, there's no way I'm going to get it back. I do it with disc golfing because I, I love yes. to disc golf and I write my in this in Sharpie. I just write my name on the bottom of every disc and yeah, yeah, I'll lose them sometimes. And maybe a month later, maybe six months later, I'll get a call. Hey, I found this. And yeah. I'm like, Oh sweet. It's like Christmas morning. You know, I wrote it off as lost and never to be found again. Um, but yeah, I can only imagine with hunting equipment and with how many times you're yeah. sitting down, snacking, glassing, uh, you know, fishing in the water, things drop in the water and yeah. odds of you getting that back on your own, pretty slim, but somebody's going to find it. Yeah. You know, so a, a couple of points, number one is like, if you don't have any identification on it, it's never coming back to you. Right. Yeah. Never, ever. Uh, number two is there's this notion of like finders keepers and it's like, yeah, except if there's identification on it, yep. then that's kind of like stealing. And I think that doesn't jive with people. And, and, the, the trials that we've done, um, the gear that we've lost with, we lost our own gear all over the place. We're at a 70 to 78 to 90% return rate within one day. Like 
people understand and like they want to get it back. Yeah. They just need an opportunity to, you know, um, and, and people like you're saying, people of a feather understand the value of that item. Um, like my wife, she's a big, she loves fly fishing. She knows how much a net costs. My mother, not a single clue would not (laughs) understand that at all. But the person that finds my net is going to be somebody that's a fly fisherman or fly, yep. you know, fly fisher woman. And like, they understand the value. Um, if I lose my, my, you know, vortex, uh, spotting, uh, spotting scope somewhere, like somebody, somebody who finds that is probably going to be a hunter. And yep. they probably know I dropped a thousand dollars on this thing. Right. And like, they're going to want to get it back. Plus like our, our whole thing is, is karmic outdoors or so play on karma. And like, I, I think karma is a real thing. Like what goes around comes around. Like, if you're a jerk and 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 there's identification on it and you don't get it back, like you're just not gonna see any deer ever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but as soon as you return it, you're gonna shoot a friggin' giant, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's good. Yeah. So yeah, I came with this idea of karmic outdoors just because I found something I want to get it back to the owner and I couldn't. So we made it to where like your personal information is safe in the database. If you ever wanted to to return something, it's easy. If, uh, if you ever wanted to sell something, you just deregister that item and then the new owner can register it and, and it doesn't devalue the item, like writing your name and phone number in Sharpie. Yeah. Um, I, I designed these, um, I found these, they're an oil rig company. So they're, uh, uh, uh impervious to like salt water, heat, cold, chemical acids, uh, scratches, like they're designed for outdoor gear. Um, you know, as an avid outdoorsman myself, I knew that. Bluetooth GPS batteries wasn't going to work on stuff. Yeah. I knew that, you know, GPS tracking just was not going to work on something that you don't have GPS, right? Like it's, it, if it's buried under the snow, you're never going to see it. Right. So um, I, I made it something that's going to kind of really be durable and last. So, um, you know, our whole mission is to help people recover their lost outdoor gear. And that's kind of our, our whole ethos is trying to help people get their gear back. Um, so that, that's kind of who we are as karmic outdoors. That's awesome, man, dude. It sounds like you got some pretty awesome stuff. And, uh, I feel like innovation out of need is always, is always a good thing. You know, like you realize yeah. the need for it and, uh, you've needed it yourself. And so coming up right. with that, uh, that that's pretty cool. So everybody go check that out and I'll make sure to put the link in the description of the podcast and tag you and everything when this podcast goes live. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate that. And thanks for having, you know, having me on and, and, uh, everybody that's still listening. Um, there's a, there's a coupon code. If you're, if you're interested in putting stuff on your own, um, your own outdoor gear. And, uh, because we're an outdoor company, we, we want you to put on your outdoor gear, but there's nothing saying you couldn't put on your, your key fob or your, um, your, your phone. Um, you know, it's just, you typically we're marketing to people who are putting on their, their tripods or their binos or spotting scopes or their gun or whatever, and their decoys. Um, but like everybody has a phone, everybody has keys and everybody has a wallet, which yep. all of those would really suck to lose. So anyways, um, our, our coupon code for you guys is going to be CARM, K-A-R-M 25, CARM 25. Go ahead and get yourself some, put them on all your outdoor gear and there's no subscription or anything. You just put it on there and go adventuring you don't have to worry about it anymore man that's awesome that's super exciting and i need to uh get you down here you got to come down and chase some whitetail i know you mentioned i would uh, 
chasing whitetail in the Midwest. Uh, yeah. We've got those down here. We don't have wolves or elk. Well, okay, we're starting to get elk, but <laughs> yeah, no wolves yet. So, yeah, maybe we'll do a little hunt swap. I'll come up there and chase whitetail there with the hopes of seeing a wolf, and you come down here and try to stick a big buck. Yeah, totally down. If you if you you've got waterfowl and you've got uh, whitetail, those are my two big ones. So we'll do a hunt swap for sure. Man, that sounds great. Well, thanks again, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Look forward to more chats. For sure. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show. Man, what a great show with Robert. And I am super pumped right now to get out west. I don't know why. There are certain episodes where after talking, I just get fired up and I'm ready to go. I mean, I'm always ready to get out and go hunting. But a couple really, really cool business ideas and products that the everyday hunter can use. I mean, to find your lost equipment or to help return lost equipment to somebody else as well as the cost calculator. That's one of the biggest questions that I get asked about and that's budget for Western hunting. People always ask, what does it cost? What does it cost? How much is the application? How much is the tag? This and that. And this is all stuff that you're going to have to do your own research on, but you can actually put it in this spreadsheet and compare it side by side, what it's all going to cost in order to get the tag and get out there and hunt. So something I would definitely encourage every listener to go and check out as you're planning for this coming year's Western hunts and figuring out where exactly you want to apply and what you want to draw. And now's the time to be thinking about all that stuff. I mean, we've got applications coming up soon for a lot of places. In fact, they've already started in several states. So you need to really be thinking about this stuff. But that's all I got for this episode. So until next time, guys, get out there and chase new adventures.